Chapter 7 of The Life of St. Paul. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria de Fatima da Silva. The Life of St. Paul by Francis Alice Forbes. We preach Christ crucified. The Jews of Beria were a nobler race than their brethren of Thessalonica. In the light of the gospel preached to them by Paul, they studied the writings of the prophets and found in them the foreshadowing of a Messiah who should suffer and die for his people. Many believed and received baptism together with their Gentile proselytes, amongst whom were several ladies of rank. A fruitful field of labor seemed to lie before the apostles, but Satan was watching over his own interests. The news that Paul was preaching at Berea came to the ears of the Jews in Thessalonica, who determined to go there and repeat the process which had been so successful in their own city. Finding that their efforts to stir up the rulers of the synagogue against the new teachers were vain, they addressed themselves to the common people, using the same arguments that had done so much mischief ahead. The situation became dangerous for St. Paul, and he was forced once more to seek safety in flight. Leaving Silas behind at Berea with Timothy, who had again rejoined them to confirm and strengthen the new disciples, he took ship to Athens. It was useless for the present to continue his work in Macedonia, for the Jews in Thessalonica were resolved to dog his footsteps from city to city. In his absence the storm would have time to blow over, and he could return again later. Though fallen from her ancient splendour, Athens still retained, to a certain extent under the Roman rule, that reputation for learning and culture which had been hers when men called her the school of the world. In no city of the ancients had art attained to such perfection. The masterpieces of Phedius and Praxiteles that have held the world breathless with wonder for twenty-three centuries met the eye at every turn. The great statue of the goddess Athene, sixty feet high, which stood guard over the city, could be seen far out at sea her golden helmet and spear-point sparkling in the sun. The worship of beauty had been the cult of the Greeks, human beauty and human intellect. They did not know as yet that the beauty which is eternal and the wisdom which is divine had come to dwell amongst men. But now God's messenger was at their gates. The glory of Athens was indeed departed. What remained to her was but the outer husk which concealed the emptiness within. It was this that struck the great apostle as he wandered through the streets and byways of the city. He looked to Hymettus and the purple heather, looked to Pirassus and the purple sea, and to him, on fire with the living message of salvation, the city seemed wholly given to idolatry. Having preached in the synagogue apparently without result, Paul turned his attention to the Gentile population, light-minded and curious men. St. Luke calls them whose only delight was in hearing and telling some new thing. 
day after day he went to the agora or market-place the chief resort of the philosophers as well as of all the idlers in the city here a stranger who had any pretensions to learning would certainly be set upon and questioned an opportunity which paul could be trusted not miss the more light-minded of his hearers were ready to make fun of his teaching while in a few of the philosophers it aroused a languid interest others to whom there seemed something suspicious about this new religion laid hold of paul and insisted that he should go up to the hill of mars and explain himself more clearly for it lay with the great council of the Europagus to decide in all questions of religion to paul it was a happy chance that forced him to speak in his master's cause before the most learned and eminent men in greece the flower of athenian learning and philosophy had assembled ready to listen with good-natured contempt to this oriental dreamer whose barbarous greek fell so inharmoniously upon their ears the humble ambassador of christ standing alone and undaunted in their midst began his discourse by alluding to an altar which he had found in his wanderings in the city dedicated to the unknown god what therefore you worship without knowing he said that i preach to you explaining to them at length the nature of the one true god who giveth to all life and breath and all things and the desire of man's heart to find him he went on to speak of the resurrection of the dead but his audience was already growing weary the thought of a crucified and suffering god outraged their sense of beauty and refinement and many scoffed openly at the suggestion we will hear thee again on this matter said the more courteous among them intimating gently that their patience and therefore paul's discourse was at an end but in the hearts of a few out of that vast assembly a new life had sprung into being at the apostles words dionysius one of the members of the council of the Areopagus, and damaris a woman amongst others believed in the christ to paul his mission in athens seemed a hopeless failure heart-sick and weary with no timothy at hand to cheer his drooping spirit his eyes turned to the prosperous seaport of corinth it was one of those commercial centers with a mixed population of greeks syrians romans and jews which had so often before proved a fruitful field for his labors thither therefore he went and having made the acquaintance of a jewish couple aquila and priscilla by name whose trade like his own was the weaving of tent cloth he lodged in their house and shared their toil aquila and priscilla who had been driven out of rome by the edict of claudius were probably already christians they were poor in goods but rich in virtue and their tender friendship did much to comfort paul who seems to have been suffering in body as well as in soul at the time he confined himself at first to preaching in the workshop of his friends and it was not until he had been some time in corinth that he began to speak publicly in the synagogue his hosts were poor like himself and the daily bread depended on their labors as it was he could preach only on the sabbath the weekdays found him at his work 
but the arrival of silas and timothy with generous offerings from the churches of macedonia set paul free for the ministry he had already bowerhood the growing christian community of which their former ruler was a prominent member it was distinctly trying and having appointed one sosthenes in the place of crispus they bided their time for vengeance the moment seemed to them ripe when gallio the new proconsul was appointed to govern achaia this man would in all probability be anxious to begin his office by conciliating the jews who were a powerful body in corinth seizing the apostle unawares they dragged him before the judgment seat of the governor accusing him of teaching a new religion contrary to the roman law gallio was an honest and upright man who had like most romans a strong prejudice against the jews he was moreover a good lawyer and in a few moments had sifted the evidence sufficiently to see that the accusers had no case at all against their prisoner if it were a question of injustice or transgression against the roman law o jews he said i would bear with you but since it is a matter of words and names and your law settle it amongst yourselves i will not be judge in such matters so saying he drove them from the judgment seat the people of corinth who had assembled out of curiosity and who themselves had no love for the jews seized the opportunity to indulge in a little outburst of feeling falling upon sosthenes the ruler of the synagogue they beat him soundly in the very presence of the governor this amounted to contempt of court but gallio with true roman haughtiness and perhaps a touch of amusement chose to ignore what they were doing and to treat the whole affair as beneath his notice the jews did not easily recover from their defeat and henceforward the ministry of the apostles went on unhindered many men and women of rank in corinth embraced the faith amongst them being erastus treasurer of the city stephanus keys and several members of the roman colony the greater number however were people of the working classes and slaves corinth was amongst the most corrupt of the pagan cities and some of these neophytes had been rescued from a life that was worse than death to be washed from their sins in the cleansing waters of baptism three years had now gone by the church of corinth was a strong and thriving body and a desire rose in paul's heart to revisit jerusalem and antioch going down to the seaport of sancria he set sail for the east accompanied by aquila and priscilla who hoped to find in ephesus a better market for their work landing with them for the ship was to stay for a short time at ephesus paul preached to the jews in their synagogue they besought him to remain with them for a time but this paul could not do i will return to you again god willing he said and left them sorrowing end of chapter seven